praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, somebody just give him some praise. Give him some praise right now. How many know that he is Hallelujah.
How many of you know that he caused walls to fall? How many of you know with his power, he performed miracles? That there is nothing, nothing,
I've got some inside. And so I am uh, uh, understanding and coming to the knowledge and the understanding of. Do you do you understand that? Um, that might be too far for y'all, but I think that when we start to embrace who He is, prayer won't be so easy, or it won't be so hard. And our uh, lack of time with Him has probably been the thing that would keep us from praying, and that would keep our posture the same. Because what we see and what we recognize is that has been happening is we'll come to the altar, we'll go through deliverance, we'll get prophetic words, we'll hear this, we'll shout, we'll sing, we'll be delivered for those 25, 30 minutes. And then our posture will change again to uh, self-deprecation, fear, doubt, anxiety, depression, and whatever else of the weight we want to carry, we'll go back and grab those things. While in faith we're here, the minute we walk outside, we don't believe anything that just happened because we forget that thing that just happened. Just the man, and when in the Bible, when we talk, next to James, when we start talking about nobody goes and looks in the mirror and then the minute they walk away, they forget what kind of person that they were. But that's exactly what we keep doing when we keep talking about prayer and then we get angry at God because he has not answered our prayer. But you have not followed the instructions. He's a rewarder of them that what? You have not been. You did it on Sunday, but you didn't do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. Now, let's imagine if, didn't we just talk about prayer being our commodity, being our um, currency? Now, let's imagine that prayer is your job. How much you get there? Now, I'm serious. Think about that. Think about it. Think about it. I'm not talking about the length. I'm talking about how many times. Because dil diligence, because you salary. Diligence is what pays, right? It, it is a word. It, that's what the word says. Diligence. Dilig so if, if if prayer is your job, how much you get paid? Now you might, in your own mind, feel as if that you know you've been doing so well, you're gonna get something. But in truth, you've been praying based on um, hourly minimum wage but the miracle that you need is Chrysler supervisor does this make sense to you and so no matter how many hours you work at minimum wage you'll never meet salary as a Chrysler supervisor does this make sense thus I have to change how much I pray I have to change my quality of prayer because what's going to happen is I'll be stuck at this level trying to make a declaration, pretending when I show up in service that things are different and things have not changed. And we know that things have not changed because the same addiction that you had last week or last year has been literally the same addiction. As a matter of fact, it's gotten worse. My God. We don't see any growth. We just know that you have figured out how to hide it even more. Come on. This is why he came in the way that he came in. It's still yes, Lord, right? Okay. And so the, the truth is we can pretend all the live long day. But in order for us to restore you, we got to be spiritual, right? The Bible says you need to be brothers to call you father. You know, you are spiritual. 
So we got to be spiritual. If we spiritual, we can see in the spirit. We know where you at. Come on, sir. Look how many tongues you speak in. Come on. Come on, sir. You can shout. You can play. You can play. You can play. You can dance. You can speak in tongues. You can sing. You can do all that. We can see. We's not blind. We also know that you're conflicted. Come on. We also know that you have a heart for him, but you don't know how to get out of this junk that you're stuck in. My God. So we give you the instructions on how to get stuck unstuck. Wow. And instead of you getting unstuck, you flow in what has been familiar with you. My God. And then get upset again at us and at God. Come on, sir. Because you stuck. Now wait a minute. Come on, sir. Is that crazy? You know how frustrating it is to watch all of these Lifetime movies with Pastor Nakia? And to know exactly what's going to happen? Y'all ever watch Lifetime? Have you ever watched one Lifetime movie? You've seen them all. Okay? Somebody is killing somebody because of the baby or they're in love with somebody. That, that's it. That, that's really what it comes to. Or you got the crazy uh, babysitter or cheerleader and they want to position something. It, it's all going to be the same thing. I guess the thing is, though, you keep watching. Listen. <laughs> Even though you know exactly what's going to happen. And sometimes, sitting back in the spirit, watching and praying, I feel like some of y'all are living a lifetime movie. Come on! And I'm sitting there watching, and I'm like, well, we know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and no matter how many times we tell you what the script is, and no matter how many times we tell you what's going to happen, Come on, sir. You say, oh, yeah, I got this. I'm going to run over with the Lord and see what the end is going to be. Oh, Sunday. Wow. Sunday afternoon. It's a totally different story. Wow. Last week, we talked about posture. Right? And so your posture changes depending on what you're trying to accomplish or where you're trying to get to. Does that make sense? Um, I am 6'1". So I don't have to stand on anything in order to get something out of the cabinet. But the person who is 5'4", 5 5'6", 5 5 may need some sort of support. Does that make sense? And so your posture is going to change. Mine is a reach. You have to go and get something, put it down, stand on it, stabilize yourself, go ahead. And those are all different postures that you have to use. Does this make sense to me? You know? Okay, so... When we start understanding our posture and how it shifts and changes, depending on what you have to do, anybody ever had to move somebody? Yeah. Or anything heavy? Yeah. You know, what's the first thing that they tell you? You're going to lift with what? Your legs. Lift with your legs. Make sure you set your posture so that you're not bending from your back because you're going to end up injuring yourself. Come on. And so what ends up happening for us in the spirit realm is the fact that because we haven't adjusted our posture, we end up causing more harm to ourselves than good because this thing is heavy yeah. and he said to lay aside the weight but listen you want to carry it and because you want to carry it you're going to lift it the wrong way anyway and you're going to end up causing more injury and then we get mad at God Thank God for Pastor Nakia. She did a wonderful job on Friday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Body life <laughs> Don't email me. <laughs> so this whole month we have fasted and prayed, getting the direction of God. But the real question is why or how does 
prayer produce power. Uh-huh. Everybody say manifestation of power. Manifestation of power. Hopefully this is going to bless you because it blessed me. Yeah. Um, today we're presented today with several different ideas and confronted with opinions and thoughts uh, that confront our belief system. Um, that confront our belief system. And some of us have experienced the power of God and have fallen under the power of God. Has anybody ever experienced that? Uh, some of us can testify I'm not a good enough actor to just fall out when somebody lay hands on me. I got, I got either too much pride or, I, listen, I just I ain't got time to be rolling on nobody's floor. So if you see me hit the floor, trust me. Some of, us, some of us have experienced different manifestations of glory. Some of us have seen the glory cloud into the room. While others sit there in disbelief because they can't see it and they've never experienced it. And they, they try to understand what is happening, but you caught up and you can literally see the cloud of glory that's been there. Uh, and then there are times when somebody has been uh, trying to read and understand um, the revelation that the Lord gives you. Have you ever been reading something over and over and over and then suddenly, boom? It's like, why did I never see this before? Come on. How is how did I miss this all these years? <laughs> okay, so here is where I have been stuck at the last week. Uh, based on what the Lord has spoken and what I have seen, it has been a contradiction. Everybody say contradiction. Contradiction. It has been something that has been uh, in conflict with one another. Yes. It's been the opposite. Come on. So what I hear is that it's daytime and what I see is darkness. Does this make sense? What I hear is victorious, and I see a body uh, laid out, slain. Does this make sense to you? Amen. I I hear and I see something that is contrary to the other, Um, but we deal with contradictions all day. And sometimes this is a part of the struggle in prayer because you want me to pray for something and keep praying for it. when the opposite of what I'm praying for is happening. Come on. Yeah. And sometimes the pull to go by what we see is great because it's what we see. Yeah. Even though scripture tells us that we look at the things, at the things that are seen, but at the thing, y'all know it. Um, but from the very beginning, this has been an issue. So I had a meeting with Apostle Eugene Smith, and he spoke this thing, and it pow, blew my mind. And so if we go back, He mentioned uh, the Garden of Eden. He was talking about contradictions. And the minute he started talking about contradictions, I said, oh, my God. And I started going right through the scripture. And the Holy Spirit started bringing all of this stuff up. And I was like, oh, my God, this is blowing my mind. This is incredible. And this is part of the reason why sometimes our prayer life seems to be back and forth. Let me show you why. Contradictions. Let's go to Genesis 2 and 17. This is where uh, if you go through anything in life, anything in the spirit, the gifts, all that kind of stuff, you will see a lot of all of this stuff starting right at the very beginning. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt what? Surely die. And then go to Genesis chapter 4. So Genesis 2, 17, and then Genesis 4, 1 through 2. All right. And Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Now, this is the interesting part that I have never seen before. If you go back to chapter 2, 
you will see that uh, in chapter 2 and 17, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil, look back, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And so as we were sitting there talking, I stopped him in the middle of him talking. I said, now, if there had been a tree of knowledge of good and a tree of evil, we would have been fine. Why? Because then she would not have ingested good and evil because on, good and evil are contradictions. Does this make sense to you so far? Okay, so the issue is that now she has taken in, Jesus said it's not what goes into the man that defiles him, but it's what comes out. Now when we jump forward and we go to chapter four and it says, and Adam knew his wife and she conceived and bare Cain. Now, I know you're trying to figure out how does any of that go together. Remember, it's not what goes into the man, but what comes out of the man, right? And so what came out of this woman was Cain and Abel. Now, what most people probably miss is this, that Cain and Abel were probably twins. Why do we say that? You go to the first verse, and it says, and Adam knew his wife. Y'all know what new means, right? Yeah. All right. And she conceived. We know what conceived, right? Yeah. Means, right? And bear. That word bear literally means had the baby. Okay, so they got together, she conceived, and then she bore, and then after she bore Cain, she had Abel. It was probable that they were twins, Cain and Abel. And our perceived view on Cain is that he was an evil man, right? and that Abel was good. And so if we go back to Genesis 2, we see the tree of the knowledge of and now we see the manifestation of in Cain and in Abel. Make it play, make it play. Are you follow me so far? Okay. So out of Eve, according to, okay, according to scripture, came Cain and Abel. A contradiction. Right? So this is the problem with the world today. There remains a constant pull between our contradictions. Shall we jump all the way forward to the New Testament? Paul said. When I try to do good, let's go back. Let's go back. You go back to Genesis and you'll look at two other twins, Jacob. Keep going, because we they got this. What about Leah and Rachel? Do, do we see what's happening here? You got Moses and Pharaoh. Two contradictions. You follow me? Then you got, you got Herod and Pilate. Come on. Come on. Right. Do we see do we see how this is working? Yes, sir. Let, let's go even further. We have the spirit and the carnal mind. Yes, Bible says that they will always be warring against one another. So we are constantly dealing with some sort. We are technically living contradictions. Good and evil operating on the inside of us. Trying to figure out. Which way? How? What am I supposed to do? Good, what should I believe? How to? Actually, let's take it the whole other way. Oh, we are living contradictions. I should be dead. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Everything in life speaks against me being here. Come on. But I'm That's here. Good. I should not just be somewhere else, like outside of life. But I should have lost my mind. Come on. But I'm here. Yes, 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 yes. Contradiction. Yes. If people had gone through some of the stuff that you went through, 
Some of them actually did kill themselves. Some of them actually did lose their mind. Some of them drunk right now. And not drunk from last night, but got up this morning and got drunk because they can't deal or cope with some of the emotional disruption that's happening on the inside of them. You are a living contradiction sitting right here. That's good, God. Part of our issue is getting a prayer through is that the contradictions are usually the things that are always before us. And we're always being pulled between these things, trying to figure out how do we battle. This is why we fast. Come on, sir. Come on, sir. Because with fasting, I humble myself. Yes. I get me under control. Yes, sir. And so the contradiction and the pull. Listen, listen. I know it was difficult for some of you. Why? Because you don't have no control over your appetite. If your appetite says smoke, that's what you're gonna do. If your Come appetite says that's what you're gonna do. If your bad attitude says spread somebody, that's what you're gonna do. Come on, Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. On, but the fact of the matter is, some of you could not just at least.
is the thing that's going to get you through. So in his grace and his mercy, he continues to allow drama to happen to you because you choose to not pray when there is no drama. Sir, sir. We don't even understand the great grace that he keeps giving because the reason that there's so much calamity around you is because that's the only way you pray. But if you were diligent, you would reap the reward of prayer. And so when stuff happens, you would just continue to pray. It would be something new and fresh. It would be something that I was already doing, but my posture then would change. Come on, This is why when stuff happens, you have to feel like you have to climb your way up in prayer. I listen to some of y'all pray on your program. Come on, come on. So like, what are they talking about? And who are they talking to? Right. Savior. Lord, do you know them? <laughs> Savior. Savior. You got it right. And I know the saints like, no, but I pray, but you don't. Savior. You regurgitate. Oh my God. Listen, saints, saints. Has anybody ever had a conversation with me? Yes. Like in real life. Have you ever had a conversation with me? If you had a conversation with me, we have a way that we communicate, right? Yep. We have a way, and you recognize that even if you have not had a conversation with me, whenever you decide that you will have a conversation with me, even standing afar off, you recognize that this is the kind of person that he is. And when they talk, then when I finally talk to them, this is how our conversation is probably going to go, right? Right. The problem is, some of you have only had conversations with people who have had conversations with me. Yeah. And so the only thing that you can do is imagine what that is supposed to be like. And so when you have a conversation with me, the only thing you can go off of is what somebody else has said Come my response on. is going to be. And so you approach me the same way that that person would approach me because that's all you understand is the testimony of somebody else because the reality oh, is you don't God. have relationship with me. So your conversation with me, you don't know how to deal with. You don't know how. And the only thing you got to go on is what somebody else has said. That's the way some of us pray because we don't really have relationship with him. We have connection to him based on other people. You come to church and you pray and you know how to do it here because this is what we do. But on Monday when it's time to pray, I don't know how. And if I do pray, I'm regurgitating what I heard on Monday. Come on. I'm not in my book trying to find out, you know, who he is. That's good. I can approach him this way. One of the greatest things that, listen, ever in my life to hear is when my daddy pray. He gives me the oh God on that because you know it's real when you say oh God. <laughs> and when he begins to magnify God, oh great king. Of Israel, oh, yes, oh, yes. Yeah. Emmanuel, yeah. Master on, of the universe, on, yes. the great Hamashiach, oh, yes. the Yeshua Hamashiach. When he say that, I'll be like, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> that's his relationship. Yeah. Do y'all know my niece Alexis? Yeah. Oh my God, she used to pray like this. Hi, God. It used to annoy me, but that was her. That was her relationship. Mine is, Father, I thank you for who you are and for what you do. I thank you for giving us grace to come to you. God, we honor you, Master. Ooh, mighty God. Ooh, I love calling you Master. 
Because I like when he's in control. Because I'm a bond servant. I don't, I don't think y'all understand that. I'm, I'm a bond servant. I've chosen to say, hey, it is what it is. Listen, I've stacked my heart and I've pierced myself to say, listen, you, you, you want me to go where? I got into a huge discussion with somebody the other day. You going to these churches and you giving them money and you showing up and you're not trying. No, I'm not because you don't know what he told me. Because the transition of where I am into where he's trying to take me is something that's amazing to me and it's scary. But the apostolic oversight that he's trying to push us into is going to be to support and to build and to pour into people. You don't do that by taking from them. And because you're not there, you won't be able to understand the position that he's put me in. So into other people, even when I don't have enough. Come on, come on, come on. But because he is my master and he's a good master, I understand that regardless of what I don't have, he's going to supply every need. Because I'm doing what you told me to do. Come on, come on. Y'all don't know, but when we travel to places, we take care of our own flight. We take care of our own. We take care of our own flight. And our own hotel. Come on. And most of the time, when we come back, even after we've given an offering, we don't come back like, no, we do come back broke. <laughs> we come back breaking even. Because the money that you give us is going to take care of the hotel and the flight that we had, not including food. Come on. Why? Because my job is to go and sew there. Oh, and you know we go and sew, right? Right. Come on. That's my job. You, now, if I was just a traveling preacher, then it would be different. Yeah. Because I've done that. I got a whole packet that I can send you to use for advertisements for everything. But because of the shift, there's something totally different that's happening. Come on. And so I have to go in and make sure that we're building you. Come on. And not taking from you. Right. But this is my relationship that we have. Come on. And so my approach will be different than yours. The problem is you're trying to approach him based on my relationship. It's not going to work. It's so funny to me when people inbox me and text me and email me and be like, bro, blah, 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 blah. Donald? Donald? Hello, somebody. Leon? No. Cedric? No. Come on. Marshall? No, no. Who is this? Come on. Oh, this is prophet. No, 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 no. This is bishop. Oh, okay. We're not bros. I don't know you. You don't know me. And this is what the father has been saying to many of us. You're talking to me and just randomly texting me. We ain't got no relationship like that. We ain't that cold. You don't talk to me. You talk to me at the party on Sunday. Now tell me, tell me y'all don't never run into people like you see people in class or at work and you always talk to that same person. It's like, hey, and y'all keep when y'all at work and at school or at the, uh, the store or something, you keep running into that same person so you feel as if you have a relationship. You don't. You have something in common. You are common with somebody. And some of us are common with God. You don't have relationship. You just know what to do because you've been in the same place with somebody who has relationship. And in order to get that relationship, you're going to have to spend time with him. Listen to me. Not quantity. That's right. 
Come on. We went and got our toes done yesterday. Watch out. And then we went to uh Qdoba. I get coupons and stuff, so <laughs> don't do that. You Chipotle? Oh good, okay. <laughs> and so there was this whole thing, and as we were standing in line, I turned to her, I was like, see, we're talking about you. Like, <laughs> y'all remember the story I told y'all when I went to uh, Qdoba and the guy and I almost lost it in there and I had to repent for because I, then I had to forgive him and I was like y'all ain't gonna send me to hell because I'm making a nope this is not gonna happen same guy was there uh, mm -hmm. and she saw it and experienced it and I was like mm -hmm. see oh God gonna use this today <laughs> she did she was like see you know what I love how God is just using all of this to build us. I said, mm -hmm. <laughs> then we got to the car. I brought it back here because you had to take Eric's car home. And I got here and I went and finished doing the stuff for the sermon today and got some emails and stuff together. And I went home. Why did I tell you that? Because for some people, they'd be like, well, y'all, y'all don't really date. Y'all don't do. Da -da 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 -da. Whoa, 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 whoa. My relationship with my wife is mine. <laughs>
Second Chronicles 20. Come on. He shall be Chapter 20, verse 3 and 4. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek unto Jehovah. And he proclaimed the fast throughout all Judah. Oh, now, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. This man got scared. This man got scared. Come on. And he said, we need to fast. Okay, so he fasted, and Judah gathered together themselves to seek help of Jehovah. They prayed. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came seeking Jehovah, seeking God. All right, skip down to verse 16 and 17. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Now, this is after prayer, because Jehoshaphat gave us a great prayer. Like, he gave us a really good prayer. And so it says, Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they came up, they come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the valley before the wilderness of Jerubal. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of Jehovah with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for Jehovah is with you. And we usually stick right here, and we look at this, and we say, you will not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Because you won't need to fight in this battle. Because God will fight for you. But I need you to realize something. They got that information. Because he went into prayer. Come on, come on. Some of you ain't figured and the fasting. Some of you ain't figured it out because you ain't went into prayer. The Bible says that they, the disciples tried to cast out some demons, and Jesus had to tell them, "Well, this kind only comes out." There's some stuff you definitely need to pray for. So you need some strategy. But some stuff don't get dealt with unless you add fasting to your prayer. Why do you think we've been doing it this month? Come on now. Come on. He's prepping us. There has been such a great anointing. And such great... Do you not understand that the only reason that God anoints and sends an anointing is to prep you for battle? So if you think that you just getting anointed so that you can dance, speak in tongues, and fall out, it's because he is prepping you for what's about to come. This ain't no feel good. This is training. Y'all remember? 
David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. And uh, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his son and his daughter, but David strengthened himself in the Lord. And David said to Abathar, the priest, the son of Ahimelech, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. Uh, and Abathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, if, if I pursue after this truth, do you worry about any if I pursue after this truth, shall I overtake him? And he answered him, pursue for all shall Come on, sir. Come on. He asked for the ephod. Yes. Talk about it. He asked for a covering. Yes. He asked for a priestly Come on. Covering. Come on. He asked for something that, as a priest, I needed to put on in order to make sure I was getting the right answer from the Lord. Some of you are so hell bent on thinking that you got it and you don't. This is why he sets up things in order to cover you, to make sure that you get the right answer. Now, forget that part. Let's go to your own house. You are the priest of your house. Have you called and put on your ephod? Come on! You worried about your wife? You worried about your husband? You worried about you? Some of you might not be married, and you're trying to figure yourself out. But you ain't put on your ephod. Oh, I won't put the act right. You ain't acting right. Come on! How do you want your husband or your wife to act right? And you can't even treat God right. Let me ask you something simple. Spend some time with me. I got, I got trouble on every side. I got to worry about this, and I got to, you got to worry? Clearly you're not in your word because he said, don't worry. And then, even when it overtakes you, he said, no, listen, you can let it if you want to. But don't let it. James. Has anybody been reading James? I want to show you something in James. James 13. Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is any cheerful? Let him sing. Is any among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And, and the prayer of faith shall save him that is sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he has committed any sins, it shall be forgiven him. Okay. Y'all ready for this? Yes, sir. This thing blessed me so much. Starting again at verse 13. And in King James it says, is any among you afflicted? Yes, he been suffering. Tormented. Trouble. Come on. Is any among you fighting contradictions? Come on. Come on. Mighty God. Come on. God's good, sir. Come on. And then he gives us the answer to it. What is it? Pray. Let him pray. Let him do it. Let him pray. Don't call me. Let him pray. Come on, He tells you when to call. If you disturb in your spirit, if you're dealing with contradictions, if you're fighting retro what's happening, 
in your mind, your soul, and your spirit, and you try to figure out what's happening, your job is to pray. And then he gives you what's going to happen. Wait a second. And then is any married? Let him sing songs. Okay, so let's go forward. In 14, you ready? Is any sick among you? Is any weak? Come on, come on, Either. come on. Is any impotent or unable to produce? Mighty God. Come on. Is any in need because they are deficient in authority? My Lord. Savior. Do you understand what this means? Yes, if, if you have been praying and stuff is not working, Guess what you're supposed to do? Pray. Now pray. He said, oh, wait, no, no, you're right. The next thing he says, then let him call for the elders of the church. If you can't reproduce on your own, then you call for us. Because that's what happens. Then we got the power of agreement. One can chase a thousand, two can put two thousand on flight. If your authority ain't working, connect with somebody. Call for those who are above you. And I'm not just talking about the pastor. I'm talking about your brother who you know that's been in quality time and who rank in authority in the spirit higher than you. Connect with somebody and watch what God wants to And let him pray over him. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. This is the part. I was texting people and I was like, actually, I just texted Cedric. And I said, the prayer of faith. What is that? He said, oh, salvation. I said, no, they always equate it to that. But the Bible is clear. He talked about the prayer of thanksgiving and the prayer of faith. And so I had to keep asking, what is the prayer of faith? We understand that prayer is the conversation or speaking to an authority, right? But the prayer of faith, I had to understand. Now, we know that the, the, the uh, Hebrews 11 and 1, now faith. And that's not what this word faith means. Thank you, Jesus. This word here, faith means persuasion. Mm -hmm. uh, Reliance on what has been said. Okay. And the prayer of faith. And so I'm not relying or trusting on my word. I'm relying on what he has said. So the prayer based on my belief in what he said is going to raise you up. It's not faith in the fact that you got to listen to me. Listen, if this thing does not move, I still trust what he said. Come on, that's, hard, that's what it is. Yes, that if, if I pray for your healing and it doesn't look like you have been healed, you don't feel like you've been healed, I trust what he said, so this does not matter. And the fact that I am praying, trusting what he said, is what's going to cause this to move. Right now, five minutes, ten minutes, tomorrow, next week, two months from now, three years from now, trust me, this thing is going to move because he said it. I am believing so many great things in God. Why? Because he said it. Somebody has the nerve to call me prideful yesterday. Prideful and arrogant. You are just prideful and arrogant. I got so upset. I said, how dare you? How dare you? 
comes out of the mouth of Beelzebub. <laughs> And realize, okay, yeah, you made me look right. <laughs> but then I started realizing, Lord, I, I guess I am prideful. Come on. I guess. <laughs> but I'm surely gonna boast in the fact that I know it. Come on. Come on. My security yeah. in you right. looks like pride to somebody else right. because I trust what you said. Come on. So when I start talking, it may seem like pride and arrogance to you, but it's really security in what he said. Come on. Because what I say refers to the crowd, but what he said causes the world to hold its pride. What he said has stabilized my world in my life. It has caused liberty and freedom to come. Not what I said, but it's still in the Bible. contradictions come on you are going to have to pray you are going to have to believe what he said you won't be able to get a hold of the prayer line you won't be able to call anybody else you will have to stand on what he said you will have to there are many churches right now I had this discussion yesterday and he was trying to figure out, well, why is it that so many people are uh, so uh, rushing to get back to the church and some of these pastors are trying to uh, make sure that people don't leave their church? I said, I don't care about that. Come on. People come, people go. That, that's just what's going to happen. I'm not going to put my heart on the line because you're going to leave. If you want to leave, please come let me know. We will pray for you and we will send you out. I mean, we've done it already. God bless. Heaven smile upon you. We don't hate nobody. If you want to come back, you can. If you want to go, God bless you. I want you in the kingdom. I want you winning with the lost. I want you doing the work to build the kingdom. That's all I care about. And at the end of the day, there are some of us who care about that kind of stuff and will keep you and constrain you in this place because I need you to make me feel like somebody. Oh. I need to have authority over you because I don't have control over myself. I'm talking about leaders. 
I'm talking about leadership. I'm talking about people who are in charge of governing other people's lives. And the issue is that we're not supposed to be governing your lives. We're watchmen. Right. Oh, that is Govern your life. But when your life starts to interfere with building the kingdom, then I got a problem. Yes, sir. Then we need to address some stuff. Yes, sir. So we need to understand that your leadership is supposed to be encouraging you and pushing you in your relationship with God, not your relationship with me and or the church. I want you to be Come in love on, with this sir. church. I want you to be in love with the vision because it reflects Jesus, not because you're in love with me or because you're in love with the fellowship or you're in love with the music, you're in love with the prophetic. All that stuff will fade away. He will be the only thing left there. He will be the thing that you can rely on. There will be a stand at a time where you won't be able to get a hold of me. What you gonna do? Oh, I'm done. I'm leaving. It's so funny to me when I see people be so over the church and over God because of an offense that happened at church. But wait, so who are you in love with from the beginning? Who is it that was drawing you in? Was it the people? Was it the leadership? Because at some point, you have to realize these are all his people. Come on. And each one has a responsibility on their own to build the relationship with God. Y'all wonder why I don't call y'all when y'all don't show up to church? Because you know how to get to the party. You know how to get to the, I see your social media. People send me all this stuff. So you know how to get to everywhere else. You know how to get to everywhere else. But then when you have a need, you, y'all, I need y'all to pray because, wait a minute, sis. Come on, sir. We ain't sent you. So you want to withdraw from this bank and ain't made no deposits. Or you done already made so many so many withdrawals, your account is negative. Listen, you owe us. You owe us some prayer time. You owe us some service. Manifestation in your prayer. Follow the instructions. Understand that God has already lined out how to get things done in the earth. You have authority. But your authority increases when you use his word. So you know what that means, right? You got to get in his word. Listen, the word is the thing that's going to keep you. That mother holds you when you don't want to be held. When you want to trip over something, listen, that word will be like, ah, 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 No, 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 no. And he reminds you, remember I said this. Now, now, remember, listen, this is what I will keep you in perfect peace. See, your mind not staying on me. Change your mind. Change, change your mind. Change your mind. I'm just so troubled. I'm just so troubled. So put up, you know, well, I was watching Lifetime, and I was watching Netflix. It's this good show, Virginia, uh, Ginny and Georgia, and I've been watching this. And it, Come on. Your mind ain't stayed. Come on. Your mind might visit. Come on. But it surely ain't stayed. Oh, stop that. Oh, yeah. Sir. Your mind on spring break with Jesus. Come on, sir. Come on. Serve God and man of God. You, you have got to be able to stay. Stay. That's where your peace is going to be found. Come on. Come on. Yes, sir. No torment. We were talking yesterday, and we said, you know, I don't think we have any 
my major, big, huge prayer request. My biggest request now is, okay, what are we doing? Yeah. Show me. Show me where and how. Not because things don't come up. Not because I'm not concerned about things. But because my posture's changed. Yeah, yeah. And I understand that. I mean, that's little. He's going to have to take care of that. That's, I mean, come on, I'm come doing on. what he told me to do, so right. you're going to have to take care of that. And if you don't, okay, you got another plan. That's fine with me. So where are we going? What are we doing? Some of us are so disturbed by what's happening around us come that we've missed. He's in control. Is he not still silent? That's what Kia mentioned about those um, last week, about uh, those uh, big miracles. We're expecting um, little miracles, lay hands on the sick, and the cough stops. But if somebody comes in here without an arm and you want it, that mug stop stretching out and coming out, you're probably going to freak out and run. But what happens if you really do start believing God for big stuff? I'm not talking about financial stuff. I'm talking about like big stuff. Like, mm, change me. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Right there. That's right. Because that's the big stuff. Right Come on. Do you know if you had the money that you wanted, if I had the ability to give each person a million dollars a year for the next year, within six months, probably most of you would be broken. Come on. Why? Because you don't know how to handle that kind of money. I know you don't, because when you get 25, it's gone. Didn't you know you had a cell phone bill? So you're not, so you weren't going to pay that? Oh, 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 okay. You just got paid and it's all gone. Why? Because you needed to go party? You didn't know you had rent? So your mind has got to be changed. If not, your behavior is going to be the same. And in order for our behavior to change, we're going to have to renovate our minds. Come on, come on. It's only going to happen when we start applying the word of God. This thing is not just something we like to tell you about. Come on. This is real. We apply this stuff. Like in real life. Follow us around in real life. Don't follow me around, please. I will call the police. <laughs> But in reality, this is stuff that's applied. Not one time have we said we were perfect. You look at us. You can see that we're not perfect. I mean, we look good, though. I mean, this is a great outfit. Yes, sir. Did you see it with our shoes? Giving it. But we don't always look like, well, most of the time we look like this. But we don't always look like this. But I bet you this. Even in the times when we upset, our hearts are still the same. Amen. Half the time we have had an argument or a disagreement or a heated intense fellowship. Intense fellowship. <laughs> and guess what we're doing? It's prayer time. Father, in the name of Jesus, <laughs> and we will pray heaven down. They got nothing to do with you. It's got everything to do with the fact that we understand not one, because we have a responsibility, and two, we understand the power of prayer. And the reason that I'm upset is because my mind is not stayed, and I have not gotten the direction that I need. So let me pray so that you can give me some direction. That's the opposite. I got attitude. I'm not praying. That'll work for you. I got an attitude, so I'm not going to church. Clearly, that's been working. 
So if your mind can change towards the things of God, because the truth is you really don't believe it. Because if you really believed it, you would be doing it. Come on, sir. Say amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for who you are and for what you do. Master, we pray in Jesus' name that you would continue to work in us. Do what you need to do in and through us so that we can see and hear you. Oh, lift your hands and pray. Lift your hands and pray, Holy Ghost. We're going to prophesy to some folk tonight, this morning. Can we do that? Prophesy. I feel this great episode thing on me. We don't do this often, but we want to minister to you, to some of you. Is it after 12? Saints, y'all have made it through this whole fast. Hallelujah! Those who went through. Those that went through. You made it. It lets you know that you have more control over yourself than you thought. That's it. That's Thank you, Jesus. Listen, you are stronger than what you think you are. The grace that you walk in is greater than what you thought. And he's giving you grace to accomplish much. This is good. heard you made it through. Good job. I, I, I remember last year and the year before, you were like, oh, I tried. I messed up, so I just stopped. You made it through the yes, whole time. Thank you, Jesus. Look at you. Hey, he's been praying for me. how this is going to go. I know, no, I want them to come, yep, yeah, right there, like line up in a straight line. Oh, that's nice. I'll be on Yep, come and stand right in front of Sister Harris right there. Oh, wait, do you want them on, on camera or no? No. Yeah. 
don't need to be over here. Yeah, so that after we finish, they can go back that way. So just go ahead and get into it. Let me tell you. Um, so the Lord is shifting the uh, graces that we walk in. And so uh, you'll start to hear uh, more authoritative, more directive, um, specific words that will be coming from me. And then you will hear more of those gathering, pulling together those broken pieces coming from her. Does that make sense? Because the offices are shifting. Does that make sense to you? You'll, you'll see it, you'll hear it, you'll get it. Uh, go ahead. Which one you want to do? You might have to do both. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for this vessel. Father, I pray now, Lord, that God, even as the vessel has been submitted to you, Father, I pray that now, God, you would cause there to be an intimate time with you, Father, Lord God. Not only does she understand her purpose and value to you, but that, God, you would begin to walk her through the chambers of her own mind, Lord God. So those places, Lord God, that she has changed and tapered off, Lord God, so that she wouldn't have to deal with that, God, you would cause them to be renewed, Lord God. That, God, you would go to those tender places, Lord God, and that, God, now you would begin to heal, Lord God. And as you heal, God, Lord, I pray that, Lord God, even her intercession gets more intense with you, that Father, even as you call her higher now, Lord God, to begin to trust her voice, to trust in what she hears from you. Father, I pray that now, God, you call, Lord God, even the bending, Lord God, to those relationships, God, that were severed that she didn't understand, but that, God, you would cause now there to be a mending of those relationships. Father, I pray now, Lord God, and I speak now, Lord God, even to her heart, Lord God, the heart that causes her sometimes to be timid and afraid, that God, now you will call, Lord God, people to align in her life, Lord God, that will not run, that will not leave, but Lord God, that will stay in support, Lord God. So when the weight gets heavy, she is not alone. Father, I thank you that you cause, Lord God, even the isolation that would cause her to feel alone, that God, now you surround her with the people. A people that embrace her heart, Lord God. A people that will go with her. I hear the Lord saying that you are not alone. You are not alone. He is saying that not only am I giving you a people, but I give you the grace and the authority to even call on me. So that way, even in those moments where you feel isolated, in the moments where you feel by yourself, that you understand that he is sovereign, that he will never leave you nor forsake you. He will not. He stands with you. He calls you daughter. He calls you his own. So no longer worry about what they have said. No longer worry about the words of other people because he declares that you are worthy. He declares that his love for you is bigger. He declares that I have called you from the foundation of the earth. And even what people do not see, I see in you. I confirm you. I affirm you. I reaffirm you this day anew because you are strong and mighty. Where they have said you were weak, you are strong and mighty. Strong tower. Walk in the strength that God gives you. No longer looking back to what they have said because those word persons are broken off of you this day. And you are free in Jesus' name. And I heard the Lord say, make the choice to live in that freedom. Yes. It seems very easy to continue to rehearse what they have said. Especially in those alone times, and be like, yeah, they were right. No, they're not right. 
the only person who keeps uh, uh, um, rehearsing, yeah, rehearsing that stuff, it's you. At this point, it's not even the enemy because you made his job really easy. God calls you something different than what they have called you. And even if you have to leave all yourself. So one of the frustrating things for me is when we train people in the prophetic, in prayer, in ministry, and they stand there and do it and then say, I can't do that. You just did it. And you need to realize your family and what you do is you go back to the broken pieces that God has already tried to send healing and remove from so what he needs you to do is prophesy in authority and as you prophesy and walk in the anointing that he's given you the scales will fall off of their eyes the healing that you see for them will manifest but it only manifests when you walk in the authority just like you say I'm not a grasshopper you're not a grasshopper. 
you aren't even as afflicted as you take on. Come on. The enemy uses those things. But what you need to understand is the authority that lives in your mouth. You have the ability to not only declare and decree, but to put a demand on his word. So you have to choose it. So remember, we normally don't fight for ourselves the way we fight for others. So because you love your sister, because you love your nieces, because you love those people, you have to fight harder. So when the enemy comes in and you want to retreat and go back to those small places, you're too big for those small places. You can't hide. You no longer can go to the rocks. You no longer will be able to go behind the mountain. He's saying, I magnify you. I've already made you bigger. So when you walk in that authority, when you walk in that grace, all of that stuff you have petitioned, all that stuff you have laid up will begin to manifest. This is for you. The word pretty much was for you. Stop living that contradiction. He's giving it to you. The same way you can speak it to other people, I see this for you. God sees it for you. It's already in you. Walk it out. Stop retreating. Isolation, that don't work for you. You can't hide from this place. The truth is, is that even when you try to hide, we walk harder. So even when you can't sleep, it's because we're warring. We understand what lives on the inside of you. And because you matter that much, we're not going to let you rest. He's not going to allow you to rest. So I would rather that you choose the easy and not torment. I would rather you take the easy road versus him having to drag you through some things for you to understand what he's saying. Open your mouth and give it to me. Open your mouth. If they matter that much, even now, begin to break that generational stuff. The generational curses, you are the chain breaker. You are the curse destroyer. But you silence yourself to retreat. Not because it's safety, but because you think people will forget about you. If they do, he has it. When they do, he has it. You don't need to be a reminder to them. Leave the legacy that you broke the chains. You were the giant that came through like a mighty rushing wind that you overcame even with your own words, that you took the authority and the grace that lives inside of you to go forward because none of the other stuff matters. But we break the chain now. We break abandonment. We break and destroy rejection. We even come against now suicidal thoughts. We are now
not about being seen. It's about none of that stuff. But then you discount yourself because you feel like I don't have it the way that they do, or you know I don't sound like they do, or I don't do what they do because I have my own things and I do it tomorrow's way sometimes. So I'm gonna. But he's saying I'm calling you from the background. I have needed you because of your heart. Because you'll do it with the heart that many won't. You'll do it in a vein, and you'll be consistent because of your heart. And so the Lord is just saying, I love you, but I've needed you. So I need you to come from the background. I need you to show people what you know. You have so much inside of you, so much wisdom and knowledge. But because you feel like they won't receive it, and you don't even want to go through that level of rejection. My God. But he's saying, what lives inside of you is intended for people that have a need. Because everybody doesn't, everybody's different. But what you have inside of you, there are people who need it. Because you will give them authentic and real. You'll give them the love. You see beyond what we see. See beyond the surface, you see when people just talk to you casually, you see their hearts. And that's what people need. So he says, I have needed you this day. Don't worry about the shortcomings, all of that I can deal with. Don't worry about the flaws. But keep giving me your heart. Keep giving me your heart and come from the background. Just show up a little bit for them. Because what's inside of you, they have need the body. Not not even just walking the truth. The body has need of your heart is pure. It's like I'm not going to do it if I can't give my whole heart. I'm not going to have do anything that you give me. And he knows that about you. He knows that about you, that you're going to show up. So keep doing what you're doing, but give him your heart and come from the background. Don't hide. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. Just the flaws and all that other stuff that you look at, he already working out for you. He's already going to those places. He's already mending and healing. So you don't have to have that tough exterior because he wants you to be able to give that love that you have on the inside of you. When you see they hurt, you like, oh my gosh, this person is so, that's how you really are. But because you don't want to be wounded any further, you just be like, you know, I gotta go, I gotta go. So he's saying, come from the background because your heart is pure. And because you'll be consistent, you won't leave the people grow. You know, some of us, we be like, oh, I'm committed to you, and then we leave. But your heart is consistent. So come from the background. He has more for you. I just heard him say not to uh, keep minimizing yourself um, and diminishing yourself. Uh, you are not supposed to be like anybody else. Your prayer is not going to be like anybody else. Your preach is not going to be like anybody else. You are you. Appreciate what he's placed on the inside of you because he does. Like, I don't think you understand that he he enjoys your time. The Father enjoys you, all of you. You. Uh, one of the things you said to me was, well, you know, I, um, I listen to gospel rap. And I was like, well, I don't like gospel rap. Well, you know, I, you know it's my, you, that's your thing. He enjoys that time with you. Stop diminishing it. It's no less than any time that I spend listening to CCM music. Stop diminishing that. And know how much he appreciates you and loves you. All of who you are. Good, bad, ugly, indifferent, that's who he is. And don't think that he has not seen your work of improvement, your work of renovation. He understands and sees that you really have been working to renovate and change your mind, respond different. You could have, but you didn't. You should have. There was something that happened in this last week, and you was like, walked away because there was a time but you walked away think, don't think that he doesn't see this stuff 
because he celebrates your improvement in your work because you're doing what he's called you to do. Y'all bless God. Um, actually, let's have Auntie Rio from the side of Rio. I have a word for her too. Right now, what he, what, the reason he showed me the water is because 
it wasn't, it wasn't, it was like waves. It was like, there was a calm and then there was waves. There was a calm and there was waves. So it speaks back to that contradiction. Like everything that's happening right now around you seems to be contradiction. People are a contradiction. Your emotions are a contradiction. Everything seemingly is a contradiction. There's a moment where you're like, okay, this is peace and calm. Then the next time it's like, okay, this is chaos and confusion. And it's constantly a contradiction. And that's because you have moved back. Not because he has removed himself from you, because he's still there. He's waiting. He's like, well, this is my daughter. This is my baby. I have, not only do I have plans for her, not only is her purpose bigger, but I've created her to be a giant. I've created her to be an intercessor and a warrior. She is not a grasshopper. You've never been a grasshopper. He didn't start you off that way. You came as a force to be reckoned with. So stop minimizing who you are to him. Everything doesn't have to be perfect. Everything doesn't have to line up to what you think or imagine. Let him work those things out. But get back into your place of prayer and that intercession that he has called you to. Because it's different for you. And you know what I'm, exactly what I'm talking about. Your prayer is totally different for you. That place of, that's when you get your, I, oh, I know I got it right. Oh, I know this is right. Because you're literally in his face and you know what he's saying to you at that time and in that moment. Am I wrong? So he needs you to get back to that place. Don't run from the place because you feel like if I go back there, then this is going to be exposed my heart. He wants all of you. The imperfect pieces of your heart, the places of your heart that you try to tuck away and hide, even from yourself, even from those of us around you that you try to tuck away. He wants all of that stuff. He don't care about it. He not like man. He not going to try to make you feel bad about it. He wants it all. He wants the good, the bad, the ugly, the stuff that you want to get rid of, the stuff you want to throw in the trash. He wants it all because he wants you more than anything. So he just needs you to go back to the place. It's like, daughter, I ask you. It's like the prodigal son. Like, I will stop all of this just for you. You're my one. I'm going to leave the 99 just for you. His heart is one. It, it, it's almost like a daughter having a broken heart from her father when the father's like, but my baby. Because he wants to be what you need. He wants to mend you. He wants to be the support that you have need of in this hour and in this season. But you keep running from your daddy. You keep running from him when he is your comforter. He is your healer. He wants to do it for you. And only you. Because of who you are. And when I say only you, I don't mean just, you know, not nobody else. But I'm saying only you in that intimate way of a father and his daughter. Like, you are my baby. Like, I need you whole. I need you mended. So I just need you close. Because your trust has been broken so many times over and over again. But he is God and he does not change. And therefore, trust. Trust what I'm doing for you in this season. Trust that I will do it. Trust that it's done. Trust. Just trust me. So the Lord showed me uh, Revelation in the church of Ephesus. He said, you've done this. You've done this good. You've taken care of the poor. You've done this. But I have this one thing against you that you have left your first love. left your first love. It doesn't mean you left God. It doesn't mean that you don't pray, but you don't pray like you used to. Um, and here is the thing that 
it's not a lot of time in there to try to play the games that other people do when you don't have that grace. Um, and as a matter of fact, on Friday, I saw him going, okay, because you know him. Anything that you are going to do, have done, or are doing, he already knew. He knew what was in you. He knew how it was put there. He knew when it was going to manifest. He, knew, he knows all of that already. The person who's confused is you. The person who has been in conflict is you. He's not confused about you. But you have chosen to take the confused things and apply that and therefore create something else. And it's caused a division between you and him because you don't recognize that that's pride. And he resists the proud. Can you be able to admit that your worship isn't even the same? Like when it's time to worship, it's, it's not the same. Your sound is not the same. And you're trying to figure out where it is. What, what? It's because you, you've done it. He hasn't taken it from you. You've got to toss it to the side. He still wants it from you. Like she said, like a father wanting his baby. He wants his baby. He knows everything about breathing. He knows that gonna scare him, shock him, trick him, trip him up. He knows you. He knew you. You don't get the same grace that some of these other people get because you know him different. It's not right for you. And you know it. Your eyes were open to it. Your heart was open to it. He's not giving you that same grace. Stop closing your eyes to what he keeps showing you. Let me tell you what's going to happen. He's going to start visiting you if he hasn't already. It really feels like he has in dreams. And if you think your sleep has been messed up, you ain't seen nothing yet. He will bring you to the point of losing your mind to win you. Because you're that important to him. You're that important to his plan to keep other people safe, to rescue them. You're that important. You have to understand that. Because the grace that he's giving you is so great. You, you win the lost, and he cares about his people. I mean, you are his baby. So, go, go ahead. Who else? Does that make sense to you? Okay, he loves you. He loves you so much. Um, baby, wait, really? Yo, I know we taking a long time, but we we've been fasting. And if you need to take a break and go back and come back, then we good. I think that's part of right. Just before you begin to speak, the Lord said that your worship was different. He said that it was in a place of worship where when you danced before Him, I know if you used to dance, that the Lord said you danced before Him, and He said when you danced before Him, every tear you dropped for others, He said He answered. When at that moment when the prayers were at, the prayers were prayed 
And then he said that God said that he answered. He said, but the prince of Persia held them up. But the Lord said that all he wanted you to do was continue to dance before me, to continue to pour out your worship before me. And he said that it was in your bowing and in your twistings and your turns. He said that it was not by accident. He said that you that you love music, and not so much music, but you love the dance. You love to dance. And he said, dance before me. And as you dance before me, everything is going to be built back up. He said, lift up your head, O ye He said, then there's a word. There will be something that you will come back and you will talk to a proper man, Pastor Nikki, about. You will come and you will be just like a child and you will sit at their feet and you will pour out to them things concerning your heart, even concerning the fact that you would, uh, the places of wanting a mate, the desiring of a mate, desiring oh, to want to be married. God said, when you begin to just worship him, he's going to show you some things, and you're going to come to the man and woman of God, and they're going to begin to lead and guide and help you in this place. Um, don't think of it as your baby trying to be my mom and dad, but yes, they're going to be your mom and dad, and help you in this place where God is going to show you and take you. What I heard from you, Andrea, was like you just said to Brittany, <laughs> as you were speaking, I just bust out laughing. Um, you are, you have such an authority, but you don't trust it all the time. Like, you literally have an authority that commands things to bow. You were praying, was it Monday? Yes. And there was a shift in your prayer. You started off like, Father, thank you for who you are, for what you do. Father, touch the children, touch the church. And it was a moment of shaking up where then you took the authority and began to declare. So first I you said, first you went, you were praying, we were regurgitating, and then you said, Lord, touch me. Yeah, Work you turned it me. around. Do something in me. Do, do me. Change my mind. And then you said, I declare and I decree. And you begin to make those declarations. But the reason I mention it is because heaven responded immediately. I'm talking about if you were asleep on a prayer call, you woke up because heaven responded. He responds to you. So in all things, trust him. He, he then made you more than a grasshopper. But you decrease because of what happened, what I've done, what I've seen. None of that matters. None of it matters. When they try to make it matter, remember, we are all imperfect people. He said, I called you. He said, I've given you a word. He said, you're my diamond. He said, I will restore love unto you. He said all of those things. I remember when he said it here and he said, you will love again. You will do this again. Stop worrying. Do not fret. His promises are going to be performed. His word doesn't return back to him void. So walk in the authority that is in you. There are giants that you have the grace and authority to slay that nobody else can. So just like the heiress, you fight harder for other folk. Fight for your babies. 
fight for your children, fight for your grandchildren to break the cycle that you understand. Because you understand that hypothermia. You are the chain breaker. So you like to put it off on somebody else because, you know, well, mother been doing it long enough. My sister can know. He put it in your hands. The assignment is for you to break the chains, you to destroy the cycles, you so that your children and their children do not have to walk through the storms that y'all have had to experience because it's in your mouth. So it breaks it for your nieces, your nephews, your great nephews. It breaks the attachment for the lineage to come. You have not missed your time. You have not missed the assignment. Now is the time. I make you bold. I make you fearless. Now in this season. So I speak life to your dreams. I speak life to the vision. I speak life to the places you feel have died. We speak now to every vision. We speak now to the dreams. We speak now to the authority, the anointing, the grace that lives in her father. We call it forth now in the name of Jesus. No longer will it lay torment. No longer will it lay torment. But it be worth now, God. That every tear is not in vain. That every tear she sheds for her children, for her grandchildren, for her nieces and nephews, God, it destroys the yoke. It destroys the bondage now. In the name of Jesus, the curses are broken now. In the name of Jesus. And even at the time that you will shine, even at the time when you will go, you will stand on platforms and declare the word of the Lord and not be afraid. What you've experienced was for other people. It's a testimony. Don't look at it in sorrow or shame. It's a testimony. You made it through when others would have given up and lost their minds. You are yet here in your right mind. So don't cast yourself away. Um, just two things real quick. One, um, I can't see which one it was, but um, I think it was Tyra. Did you have your tubes tied and you still got pregnant? And that's what I saw. I saw the Lord say that that was a natural, but in the spirit, even when you try to do all that you can in order to not reproduce, the Father says, you will. And the second thing is, he said, I see you. Standing there like I see you. Look, y'all, look at this. And he is elated. I can sense how joyful the father is at the work that you are doing. Listen to me. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit works with us. So you got to put your work in putting in good hard work because there's been several times in the last couple of days you could have gone back to old behavior in order to accomplish goals and you you held on to his word 
saw you. He saw you. And reward comes because of your diligence. You'll see it. You'll see it in the next couple of weeks. You'll see it. You'll see it. You will see it. That's it. I'm done. God, I give you glory. My God. Can we can we just for a second? We wrap it up. We wrap it up. But my God, Jesus. See me. Like Zacchaeus. Like Zacchaeus. He's like, Jesus. Jesus.
So it's not Crystal give it to me. It's really he's gonna do it because he needs you to trust him bigger and different. There are things that you ask him for, you doubt. There are things that he talks to you about, you doubt. And the reason that you do is because you have those hidden chambers in your heart. Those disappointments that you don't talk about. There's some things you're open about, but there are things that you haven't shared that cause you to retreat that you don't want to tell people about because you feel judged or you feel like people won't understand it. But because he needs to get the victory out of you, he's going to go in, he's going to remove all of that crap, he's going to stitch you right back up. And when he stitches you back up, though, he's going to mend so that way your faith can be bigger. That way that you can apply it, not just for crystal, because you have big expectations, right? You be like, Lord, do this, do this, but but you don't believe it. You don't believe it. You be like, well, he ain't gonna do it for me. He might do it for Prophet Ray. He might do it for Perlina. He might do it for everybody that's at the church, but he's not gonna do it for me. So that's why he's been showing you in small things. He's been showing you on your job in small things. That crystal is me. And he's keep trying to remind you. He keeps trying to say, it's my hand, not yours, right? In little things, in your home, stuff that you never expected to be different is showing up different, right? On your job, the people on your job, even the way that their heart was at one point in time, it's becoming different. And that's him. It's not you. You haven't done anything different. He wants to show you that, Crystal, I live in you too. I move for you too. You are my child. But you have to stop counting you out. You have to stop removing you. You have to stop putting... You build your own mountains. I'm not good enough. I will never measure up at, at work. When, no. You are assigned to that place. You are assigned to those children. It's a purpose in you that those people need. That prayer that you give when you at work, they need that. Sometimes the only God that the kids and the people see is through you. And so when you stop, they not covered. So you got little babies looking forward to Miss Crystal saying, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for our children. I mean, I don't know if that's your job, but that's how the Lord showed me. So if you pray at your job and if you pray for those kids, it matters. Your prayer matters. Your heart matters. So stop putting all of that junk in it. Stop you using yourself. Stop you diminishing you. Not people, just you. Let God arise in you and show you all that you are. Be intimate with him in that place so he can reveal to you just how precious you are, how amazing you are, how mighty and strong you are. You have overcome a lot of things. But don't let them consume you. It's okay to remember to be, you know, a testimony. I remember when. But don't remember it to be a stumbling block. Don't remember it to hold on to the pain. Remember it so that you can remind somebody else that even when people don't love you the right way, God shows up. Even when people count you out, God shows up and counts you in. Even when people think you don't have power, God shows up and he transforms your prayer into action. Because why? You matter. Why? Because you are worthy. Why? Because you are more than. He said you're more than a conqueror. Your husband praying for you, that was your prayer. How many days did you cry out that I want a, a man of God who's going to pray and cover me? You should be rejoicing. Don't live in defeat. That man is praying. And who prayed it? He honors your ass. You are not a grasshopper. Even when we laugh and talk, how you serve your leader, you don't care, you don't back down, so stop. Stop in the spirit realm. We come to that door, I'm his wife. You say, uh, 
private profit in a meeting. I got a key. I will kick the door in. But you don't budge from your assignment. So do not move on the throne. Do not. When you go sit at his feet, don't move. Don't move because of your feelings. Don't move because of what you see. Transformation happens. On your job, it happened. And it was because of the words that you spoke out of your mouth. He honors your prayers. He honors your words. You are a woman of God. Stop minimizing it. You really are a woman of God, a woman of honor. You are beautiful to him. All of the flaws that you have, he not counted on Crystal to get this right. Crystal didn't put that right. He said, that's my kid. She ain't moving her post. She going to war even when everybody else sleeps. She at the battle gate. Don't move. Don't miss your assignment because of what you see. Trust him. And trust what he has done in you. You are bigger. You have the ability to go in and declare. I declare a decree that my husband is going to pray for me. I declare and I decree that my husband is a man of God. I declare and I decree that my baby will grow up and she will not be harmed. I declare and I decree that my child will give it a prophecy. So I declare because it's in your words. It's in your mouth. It's in you. So live it, walk it. He's already hit the reset button. He's already hit the reset button. Man. Everybody need a reset. As soon as you walked up here with your hand, look, this is this this was your posture. Almost to say again. That's what I hear him saying. Trust what he put in you. Not even, like you are a prophetic intercessor. Like you hear him. But you talk yourself out of all that you are. Even in your hands. Like I listen to you when you bless. When you aren't here, the atmosphere is different. There's a power and grace that he gives you. And it almost breaks his heart that you don't see it. I, I, it's the heaviness. Like, like the Lord literally is sad that his children does not see how amazing they are. Like it wasn't an accident that you were here. Like he wants you to see just how mighty and strong you are in him. There are those moments where you laugh and it's like really your heart is breaking, but you laugh anyway. And it's like he keeps trying to say, I love you though. Like kid, I love you. Why won't you trust me? Why won't you give me those inner pieces to your heart? So that not only can I shift you, because there's an anointing that lives on the inside of you that will literally, I heard him say you were playing earlier, and it was like four in them keys. So every key you hit was like a dagger to the enemy. There is so much force in you. The enemy doesn't want you to see your purpose, because that means you tear him down. Literally, without saying a word, every key you hit was ambushment on his kingdom. Every literal key. So he anointed you for a reason. 
but he needs to have the ability to heal you from the inside out. The secret places that you don't want to talk about to people because you don't think they'll understand them. The secret chamber, even how you have self-sabotaged yourself because you didn't feel worthy enough. He says, I eradicate. I erase. I, God says, I erase those past things. I erase those past frailties, those past flaws, those mess ups. I erase them. As only I can. Because I call you out of that place. I call you out of the place of brokenness. I call you out of a place of darkness. The tormentors no longer can torment your mind because I have need of you, son. I elevate you now. I call for the man of God. You won't just play on keys, but you will declare the word of the Lord. You will pray prophetically. You will declare prophetically, son, I, I call for the gift now. And I break the words. I destroy them now in the name of Jesus. You are no longer what they said. You are no longer what you have thought. But you are what I declare you are this day. I declare that you are a man of God. I declare that you are a prophetic intercessor. I declare that you will live and not die. Your fear of dying. You will live and not die. The assignment is canceled now. In the name of Jesus, we cancel it now. There are times when you say, why won't I just die? He says, because I called you to greater. I called you to greater. I called you to greater. So we speak peace to your mind. We speak peace to your thoughts. Abandonment, rejection. Oh, not only do we call you out, but we crush your plans. We annihilate, we assassinate every trick, every trick now. In the name of Jesus. And the anointing of God consumes you. The anointing of God fills you up. He restores this day your power. He restores this day the fire. The fire of the Holy Ghost. The fire that lived in you is reignited now. The fire, the zeal that you had is ignited again in the name of Jesus. You will play with urgency. You will play under the fire in the name of Jesus. We declare it to be so in Jesus' name. So the way that I see you right now, the Lord wants to have an encounter with you. But the way that I see it, I literally see you like kind of like sashaying up to him. And he gets honor out of the grace that lives in you. Where he's well pleased with your heart. It's one of those things where it's like an entrance just for you. There are moments in time, it's like there's a place that you go to sometimes that you don't necessarily talk about to anybody. I don't want to call it a sad place, it's more a solemn place. 
far south. And when you're there, you'll come out and you'll talk to him. But he's requiring an encounter in that place. Because whatever takes you to that solid place, that that kind of like low place. You have a, I, I love your personality. I love the sweet you are. But when, when he showed me, it's like a solid place. You know? A place that you go to with him that is kind of, you know, this is my experience. This is what is happening. Almost like a conversation, but one that's like really, really mellow or... Of a, almost like a broken heart, but not where I am crying out like the heart of the just where I'm at a place of brokenness. If that makes sense. Like, not not a huge where, you know, I see people cry out and wail because my heart has been broken. This is a solemn, quiet place that sometimes you go to where it's like, and this is what the Lord just said to me, and, and I can hear it in your voice. I just need a minute. He needs, he needs a meeting with you in that place where you just need a minute. Because there's a healing that he's going to release in that place. That even that solid thing that you haven't necessarily made it be, he still wants to heal you from it. Because the joy that he gave you, even the sass that he's given you, he wants it to go out in every area of your life. So he wants to go in that solid place and have just a moment with you. And although you might see everybody else, you know, and it's like these people doing this. He's like, I magnify you. Like, I make you bigger than what you even see because of your heart. You have a heart for him, a heart that longs. Like, he's like, Lord, I love him. Like, y'all got your own little way. And so he wants some intimate time because he wants you to understand, I haven't forgotten you in that solid place. So I just need a little bit of time with you in that place to invite him. I don't, I don't know what the place is, but I just hear him saying, let me into that place. Just a minute with you in your silent place. And it seems like it's a hard thing for you to just give up. Like it's not, like I said, it's not necessarily a big thing, but it's a hard thing for you to kind of like release. I don't know if releasing is like you feel like it means that you're letting go of something, but he's going to just heal you. It's not that you're letting it go. It's not you forgetting it, but he literally just wants to heal you in that silent place. And he doesn't want you to be afraid of that healing. If that makes sense. Like, it's kind of like, you don't want to, you're like, okay, Lord, I know it's here, but, but he literally wants to just mend you in that place and let you give it to him. So whatever the place is, that way, the joy that normally covers you, the joy, you know, that keeps you going and bubbling can exude in that place too. Uh, I mean, just the same thing, but I saw, I saw him ask you to, uh, to let him into that place. He needs you to, I, one of the things we talk about in inner healing is that we have to see Jesus there in those areas. And he needs you, and I know exactly what area the solemn area she's talking, talking about, but you need to see him in there and not to be afraid of giving him that, uh, that place and where those waves hit. Um, and it does not mean that you lose the memory. Does that make sense? It does not mean that you're going to forget. It does not mean that it just means that you gotta see him in there. You gotta see him in that area. You gotta find him in that, when you hit that place. Does that make sense? Okay, let me just be real specific. When you hit that place of grief, you're not gonna lose the memory. 
what you need in there because when the waves come, they come and they come heavy. So you need him there because he's a God of the storm. So when those waves come to take you out, you got to find him and by being healed and hold in those areas when that wave of grief comes, it does not mean that you have lost her memory. It does not mean you're pushing her out. It means you're seeing him in it. In it. Because he wants you whole there. Come on, Vicky. Oh, wait, that's your friend. Sorry. She didn't go ahead. That's your friend. I just heard the word searching. Keep searching, keep searching. Um, but you have answers that, that you specifically need God to just come on and show up. He says, You come to Him as surely as you come to Him and really give Him everything. And even a thing that you like, I don't know about this, this, this one little thing right here, He wants it all. You give it all, you surrender it all, and as sure as you ask, you seek you not, you'll be found with him. He's going to answer your prayer. And the thing that you've been waiting for God to do, he's been waiting for you to pour it all out. So you pour it out, he's going to take it all. And the answer that you've been waiting for will be manifested. Amen. Let's, um, as I see the saints are getting stuff and trying to gather, let's go ahead and make sure we receive our offering. So let's get our deacons. We're going to, I got a word, uh, but, but let's get our uh, our deacons. Greg, you're going to if you are giving right now, I appreciate all of you who have stuck with us this whole time. We won't have services that are this long, <laughs> often. <laughs> but thank you for riding with us. But if you want to give, I want you to give me, have the opportunity to give. Um, grab an envelope. If you want to give through Cash App, um, you can absolutely do that with Kojic. Or if you want to sow through what Givelify, you can do that as well. With Kojic, W-I-T-S-C-O-G-I-C. Uh, and you can sow. If you want to sow through Givelify, look for us in Detroit, Michigan, 48224. And then they're going to go ahead and serve, collect that offering, and we're going to keep ministering. We only have two people left. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna see you guys either on Wednesday or on uh, next Sunday. Uh, either way, we'll be seeing you. We'll be grateful to see you. All right. God bless you. Let's give them a hand. That <laughs>